The train rumbled on as it drove at high speeds through the towering city. A woman sat coughing in the train. No one noticed her. She was on her way to see her son in the hospital. The boy was young. Now, to make matters worse, she was developing a cold from going to and from the hospital so much. She'd gone home to grab one of Ethan's stuffed animals, the first time she'd gone back to Leah's mother's apartment in days. They had no other place to stay other than her mother's. A man sat down next to her. He had a short beard, wild hair, and a kind face. He wore nothing more than sandals, denim jeans, and a plaid shirt. Hello, Leah. He smiled at her. She turned and faced him. Do I know you? She looked the man up and down again. No. He might have been one of her clients, but he looked too much like a good person to be coming for her services. No, she had never seen this man before. He smiled. His eyes, they were what was most strange, most disturbing. Not as well as I would like you to, but that's the wrong question, child. The man was definitely strange, and Leah knew she should probably move away from him, or even run, but something about the man. She knew this man would never harm her, and at the same time, it repulsed Leah. I'm not interested, and I don't do that kind of work right now. She turned away. But I can give you the one thing you've always wanted. Lee couldn't help but turn and look back at the man as the train rumbled on. And what would that be? She asked sarcastically. Forgiveness. She didn't know whether to start laughing in derision or burst into tears. As his simple word cut through years of pain, she chose the middle and choked. The train rolled to a stop and said her station. She jumped up and almost ran for the still-closed doors. She heard the man behind her. Tell Ethan everything will be all right. Even though the floor inside the train was flat, Leah tripped as the doors opened. She turned around. The man was gone. She left the train and walked towards the children's hospital. The man had said less than thirty words to her, and yet... She didn't understand the yet. She made her way into the hospital and spoke to some of the regular doctors and nurses. Lynn went to Ethan's room. He was fast asleep. The chemo had taken every ounce of his strength. After a few hours when he did stir, he just looked at her. She stroked his hair as he tried and failed to speak. It's okay. It's okay. Save your strength. Leah heard a knock on the door. She turned around. Dr. Voss stood in the doorway. Hello, you two. He always had a broad smile on his face, but she knew it was fake, well-practiced. She had seen the dead-eyed way he read scans and other documents. How is he doing? Leah asked. Voss looked out the window, then back at them. We are fighting the good fight. We haven't given up yet. Leah, can I show you something in the other hall room? Fear coursed through Leah. She had heard and seen other parents in the same hallway get a very similar speech. She followed Voss out of the room and into the hallway. Voss closed the door behind her. What is it, doctor? Voss took a step closer. You 
doesn't have much time left. Weeks at best. But I fear the timeline. It's more like days. The cancer has spread further and faster than we could ever believe. The floor seemed to slip out from beneath Leah as she physically began to drop. Loss caught her before she fell. No tears came to Leah's eyes. Ethan was the only good thing that she had ever had in her life. I need to be with him. Of course. I'll be back in an hour or so. She opened back the door and went into the hospital room, sinking down into one of the two chairs by the bedside. Ethan reached out a feeble hand, and she took it. Still no tears came to her eyes. Sometimes there is just pain too deep for tears. They had stayed there in that chair, waiting, waiting for the worst. She stared at the clock, the only other thing besides the monitors that was moving. Fifty minutes passed before there was a knock on the door. Dully, she thought that was strange. Dr. Voss had always been one of the most punctual people she had ever met. A doctor in a long white coat came down and sat across from her. She didn't bother looking at him or talking to him, although she realized that it wasn't Dr. Voss. The man didn't speak either. They just sat there in silence. Finally, after more time had passed, she looked at the doctor. She jumped up out of her seat. The doctor was the man from the train. Who are you? But it wasn't Leah who asked the question she wanted to know the answer to. No, instead it was Dr. Voss standing in the doorway. He walked inside and looked at the man, who Leah realized was still wearing his sandals. These aren't your patients, and I've never seen you a day in my life. Do you even work here? Voss asked the man. The man answered in a calm tone. You know who I am, Liam Voss. These are my patients. And yes, you have seen me before. But you left me behind a long time ago. As for the question, do I work here? I work where I am needed. And right now I am needed right here. Leah didn't say a word as she looked towards Voss. Ethan opened his eyes and turned towards the man. Voss grew angry. Take off that coat at once and leave, otherwise I'm calling security. The man continued to stare at Voss. Then the man spoke. Leah? Yes? It is not for your son that I have come. His day has not arrived. Leah, I have come for you. You will know where to find me when you look. Before the sunset on the seventh day, your son will leave this place on his own feet. Have peace. The man stood up and removed his coat and disappeared out the door. Voss looked around. Damn crazies, I'm calling security. He walked over to the phone and spoke into it for a while before setting it back down. He then walked over and talked to her about Ethan for a while and left when the security guard arrived. He came back a little later looking very confused. Leah, can you come with me? Leah nodded. The man's words were still resting heavy on her heart. She followed Voss down the hallway into the nurse's station, where a security guard was looking at a security footage. The security guard had a name tag that said Brent. Brent looked at Leah and asked, How long was the man in your room? He came in almost exactly ten minutes before Dr. Voss did. 
I really need to be with my son. What is this about? Voss nodded at the guard. Show her what you showed me. Here, take my seat, ma'am. She took the security guard's seat, and he started the footage about five minutes before the man from the train and the fake doctor had entered. The footage was slightly fast-forwarded. She watched as the hospital room door stayed closed. No one went in until Dr. Voss went in through the door. Then a couple of minutes passed, and Voss came back out the door and spoke to the security guard. Where is the man? Security guard shook his head. Dr. Voss said a suspicious fake doctor went in, madam, sir. The only people who have been in or out of that room in the last three hours have been the two of you. He doesn't exist. I don't know what to tell you. The next day, things got worse for Ethan. The day after, he seemed to recover just a little, but it was just the calm before the storm. The third and fourth days, he didn't even open his eyes. On the fifth day, they took Ethan off of his medication. They couldn't help him anymore. On the sixth day, he was put on a ventilator. Leah dozed off, listening to the sound of the ventilator work, keeping her son alive, but barely. She felt the tapping on her shoulder. She tried to shake it off. She hadn't slept in a week, not since the man had visited them. Liam jumped up, right when she heard a scream and the shattering of something as it struck the floor. She looked towards the doorway and saw a food tray lying on the ground and a nurse running out. Mom? Leah turned around, not believing her ears. She looked at her son, standing right next to her chair. His hair was still missing, and he still looked a little sick, but his cheeks were filled and his eyes were bright. Leah embraced her son as Dr. Voss and nurses came rushing into the room. They ran test after test on the boy. The cancer was gone. His condition continued to improve rapidly. Leah asked at lunch the next day if they could go home. Voss sat there stunned and shook his head. We have no reason to keep him. I can't stop you. I would like to run more tests, but I can't in good conscience recommend it. The sun was setting as they finished the paperwork. Leah's mother, Mary, was there to pick the two of them up and head back to her apartment. They got home, and over the next several days, Ethan slept a lot, but the person who seemed to be doing the worst physically was Leah. She paced back and forth, stayed up late staring out the window. Ethan's hair came back quickly, and as the new school year came, Ethan started school for the first time in years. Leah tried and failed to get an honest job. Instead, the energy built up. One night, some weeks after they had gotten home from the hospital, when the pent-up energy was too much, Leah grabbed a coat and headed towards the door. As she reached it, the light turned on in the living room. So are you finally going back to being a prostitute? You always do. Your father was right about you. It was Mary. Mom. Ethan. She waved a hand, glaring at her daughter. He's going to ask where and how you met his daddy someday. Anyway, he's fast asleep, so where are you going? I need to go for a walk. Where? 
I need to find somebody. Even more annoyed, Mary replied. Who? Does he give good tips or something? It's not like that. I don't know. I, I don't know. She turned around and left. She wandered through the city, considering going to her old haunts. The clients would probably try and get her to come home with them, so she avoided them. Instead, she wandered until she paid for the subway fare and stepped onto the train. As she stepped aboard, she realized this is the place she'd been looking for. She blinked. You made it. I knew you would. She looked around. The man was sitting in the same place she'd first met him. She could have sworn the train car was empty when she stepped in. She walked over to the man and stopped in front of him. He didn't rise. You healed my son, Leah stated. My father did. The day we met, you said you were asking the wrong question when I asked, do I know you? What is the right question? You already know, otherwise you wouldn't be here. She gulped before asking the question she'd been thinking about again and again. Do you know me? I know everything about you. Lee had known he would say that. You're him, aren't you? Leah asked. Yes. Tears began welling in her eyes. What do you want with me? I hate me. I don't have a job. My son's own father doesn't even know he exists, let alone has cancer. My mother hates me. My friends don't even want to talk to me. The last thing my father said to me before he died was that I was a disappointment. I'm not worthy. Worthy? It was never about being worthy. You can't be, and frankly, you don't deserve it. But you are loved all the same. I'm yours, if you are mine. She sank to her knees. You don't know what I've done. Leah wept. Why my child? There are so many others just like me. He said it was not his time, and this was about me. Why? I am nothing. You may not understand it. Most won't. But there isn't a plan. I know all. I see all that could be, and all that will ever be. The past, the present, the future. I control all and I have no control. I hold every opposite equally. You cannot apply your rules of logic to me, so don't try. I cannot save a world that doesn't want me to. He's been said to death, but no one will ever truly die. They embrace who they are and go to a better place. They come home. It wasn't time for your son to come home. To be loved more than you could ever know. You aren't supposed to understand it. Just have faith. I have faith, Lord. Leah, I know everything you've done. You are not nothing. You are everything. He sat down on the floor and embraced her, then lifted her to her knee as he stood. Your faith has given you forgiveness. You are forgiven.
the world disappeared off of Leah's shoulders as she sank down and gasped. Now go forth and be a new being. You are loved. The tears streamed down her face, and Leah looked up, and he was gone. Christ was gone, as if he had never been there. But the feeling in her heart, her soul, told her that he had been there, that he was still here. She stood up and returned home. SWK here. Happy Easter, everyone. I shouldn't be the first person to tell you this, but if I am, I'd like to let you know you are loved. No matter what you've done, no matter who you love, Christ, like, means judgment-free. I have nothing but love to offer you. Happy Easter. I hope you have a good weekend. I hope you have a pleasant time with your friends and family in the stressful era that we are in. Good night, good luck, and don't get lost.